Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Hey, everyone. This is Casey Stubbs from the How to Trade It podcast. Today, I'm with Scott Barkley from Proact Traders. Uh, Scott is a very experienced trader. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, Just a great educator and trader. Uh, Scott, thanks for being on the show today. Great to be here. Good to see you again, Casey. By the way, so yeah, nice. it, it's been a while since you were on the show. So I'm glad to glad to have you back. It was looking; it was over three years. So wow. uh, since I had you on last, what's happened in the last three years? Fill me in in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, the market's still moving, so I think that's good. <laughs> Lots of opportunities. This summer has been really crazy because we have really high average true ranges on those uh, on the forex and. You know, typically we're dealing with 50, 60 pips on the euro dollar and we're dealing with 110, 120, double what it is. So it's been an interesting summer from that standpoint. Usually it goes you know, down and then everybody's in the doldrums and waiting for the Europeans to get back. And, you know, uh, but we're almost to that. And it's been a great summer. Huge, huge. So. so when there's more movement, does that make trading more risky or does it give bigger opportunities for traders? It, well, it's both. I mean, the more volatility, the more more risk there is. OK, but risk is something that you got to learn to handle if you're going to be a trader anyway. And then but then the opportunity is double and triple what it normally is. So that's pretty strong. You know, it's really important if, if traders press their winners without exception, which is what we teach everybody to do then it's a huge opportunity to make literally hundreds of pips on a trade as opposed to 5, 8, 10, 12, 20, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Okay. What's it mean to press your winners without exception? Well, um, pressing your winners means that every position you take, you have to uh, you have to add a position to it. So what we do is we don't ever trade unless we have a, a what we call a wide open space of 55 pips or more. And that's because it's a Fibonacci sequence number, number one. Number two, 55 pips is the first time that the bankers actually get risk for reward. Uh, below that, it's 2134. They, they can't risk 20,000 standard lots for doing that. And so you press your winners, you you trigger the first trade out as a market order, but the second trade is double your position with uh, with um, uh, two thirds uh, two thirds of your position goes in at that point, and you hold that to target, and you don't trade it unless you got a fifty five pip move. Well, if you if you think about it, you got two lots. Let's just use two lots as an example and trade two, and you got one lot on trade one. It goes a hundred pips. Trade one goes a hundred pips. Trade two with two lots may go fifty sixty times two. And the next thing you know, you're in the hundreds of pips as opposed to a little small trade. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. So I'm going to back that up a little bit so I understand. Uh, I'm kind of a simple guy and I have to break things down. So you said 55 pips, but then you said 50 plus 100. So your target is not 55 pips. It's more than that. Yeah, it's more than that, but we won't even trade if we don't have at least a 55 pip movement in front of us, an opportunity of 55 pips. 
And we actually measure it out. I mean, when we're in the charts and we go, well, let's see if we got 55 pips. And if we don't have 55 pips, we walk on to the next one. And, you know, traders always say, yeah, but man, you get 40 pips in there. Yeah, you get 40 pips, but you break your rules. If you create rules that say, all right, I'm going to press my winners without exception. I'm never going to do it unless I have at least this amount of space to work with. And you create those rules. As soon as you start breaking them, you become a rule breaker. And Edward A. Edward A. Topple said it very well. He said, "If you break the rules, uh, you're going to go to the cleaners." <laughs> well, Scott, you know, I was um, born to break rules. <laughs> all forex traders are. That's a, that's a good point. See, so all forex traders are rule, rule breakers. You know how I know that? Because everybody else in the world gets up in the morning, drives an hour to work, works for the man eight to ten hours, and drives an hour home. That's following the rules. Now, Forex traders don't want to do that. Forex traders want to get in the front of the charts, make as much money as they made in their job and, or more. And the only way to do that is to break the rules. Right. So, <laughs> so that's kind of counterproductive if you have to follow the rules to survive. That's right. So it's, it's really a hard thing for traders to do. What do you mean? I've got to live with rules because they are by nature rule breakers. That's what yeah. they are. So. Yeah. <laughs> One of the ways that I kind of like to describe it for trading is, is integrity. Uh, integrity is doing the right thing when no one's looking. And right. I, I like it. Like it's easy for me to keep my word to you, Scott. If I say, Hey, Scott, I'm going to do this. You know, I want people, I, I've got a reputation. It looks good. I want to keep my word. I want to be known as a guy to keep my word, but it's a lot more difficult to keep your word to yourself because no one's going to know exactly. if I don't keep it, you know, like, exactly. Oh, I can just let this slide because nobody's going to know. Um, but the real test is if you can keep your word to yourself. Yeah. And what happens to traders is that they, they break a rule and win. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. You break a rule and that trade makes it. Oh my God. What am I going to do now? Okay. Next time it presents itself, you say, well, I broke the rule the last time and it worked out. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Next thing you know, you got a bad habit. And then you go, I can't, I can't figure out how to solve my problem. I don't even know where my problem is. Well, you know, it's, Three weeks ago, you started doing a bad habit, and now it's ingrained in you. You know, in 21 days, you create a habit that goes forever. It's hard to break, hard to break. Yeah, yeah. So I'm backtracking again. I get off track, but I want to hit those pressing the winners again. So let's say that your target is 55 pips, and you're going to press your winner. So you're going to go in with one lot, and then you go in like when it's up 25, and you add another lot, or you add two more lots? You'd add two more lots, okay? okay. So you, you always you take your account. Multiply it by 2% so you're never risking more than 2%, all right? So anybody blows up their account blew that rule. They broke that rule, all right? Because 98% of your money is always there, all right? So you get in the trade with one-third of your lots. That's, and in this case, you choose three minis, okay? So I enter with one mini. Now, the beauty of this is because my uh, let's say I could risk 2% and it equals $100, all right? Well, that means I could risk three minis at a at uh, 33 and a third pip stops, right? And I will have, that's my total amount I can risk, all right? So when you enter with one third of your lots, you could have a hundred pip stop and you still haven't broken your risk rules, all right? But you also won't make any money unless you can get the other two thirds in play. So you have to figure out a place in the chart where there's a barrier, a fib, whatever it happens to be that if it's broken, that's a commitment by the bankers to go to the target. And the target starts with the ATR target. Okay. The ATR is a statistical probability every day. And uh, most, most traders don't even know an ATR exists. And if they do, they don't use it. And the ATR is a highly statistical thing because it keeps track of the average over a 14 day period. 
Well, if the currency is moving 66 pips today and its average over six months is 68 pips, it's ludicrous to think it's going 120 today. Although it's possible, it's not probable. Well, one of the things of the ATR, though, that I, I like to look consider, and then I want to get back to the 55 pip thing. So remind me if I don't remember. <laughs> okay. uh, with the ATR, is if, the, if you're in a period where price is, is consolidating or bunched up, that ATR can get small, and then when it breaks out, it will easily cover the ATR and then some because mm-hmm. the average has been manipulated because of that consolidating pattern. That's exactly right. So that's why you use up more than just that as the target. That becomes the, the first target you look at. Then you go, okay, you know, I got a FIB extension, the 1.618 down here to 65 pips further. It breaks out, then you break that ATR, you're headed to the next target. And uh, that's what we want to take advantage of when we press our winners is that we don't limit. Right? We all, we, when we get to our, what we've determined as our target, we move our stop and we, we move it tight, tight. If I'm eight pips away from it, my stops are all at eight pips. Right? And then if it breaks through, all I've risked was eight pips, but I got three lots on. And all I risked was three pips, uh, eight pips to go maybe another 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever it happens to be. So, and, so when you add to your position, so you got your first one done and then now you've hit whatever your, you know, 25 pips or whatever. Do you automatically add to the trade when it hits a certain distance or do you wait for a chart pattern developed? Do you wait for a pullback? Do you do anything or you just automatically enter the trade? Yeah, you do it first. In fact, you don't. Our rule is you don't make the you don't make the first trade on the market order unless you've got the two entry orders in. So you, you put don't have those, those entry in. orders in first, right? Okay. Before you ever take a market order, for the, for because you have to do it. With, you have to do it without exception, and the only way to ensure that you do it without exception is to do it first. Because otherwise, you'll be away from the chart or whatever. You'll miss it. Yeah, or you're or it's just running like crazy, and you get yeah. You know, where can I get in? It's just straight on down or straight right. on up, and you go. Where can I get in? I can't. But if it's pre-planned, so every trade has to be pre-planned, and that's why traders can make hundreds of pips. And here's the big thing that happens. You risk 2%, but once you get one-third and two-thirds, if they're break-even or positive, you actually have another 2% you could risk because you've got those covered. So there are days when you could be risking 4 6 8%, but never more than 2% at a time. Okay, that's what I want. I need to – so uh, this is really interesting to me, and I want to kind of keep working on this mentally. So you risk the 2% on the first position, or you break it into three-thirds? You risk the 2% on the first position, but you only put one-third of your lots, okay? So so, if, so, so the one-third of the lots, the total lot size is the full 2%. So if there's right. three lots, all three lots is a total of 2%. Right. Okay, right. so the first entry is not a full 2% risk. No. If the no. first entry goes back and stops out, you've only lost like less than a percent probably. That's correct. That's exactly right. So you're covering your risk at all times, but you're always keeping the upside uh, uh, in your favor, right? So if the trade goes, then it's easy, right? Especially since you don't have anything to do but move your stops. <laughs> because you're not, you, what, what you don't want to be doing or what traders have a tendency to do is they, they major in the re- reward, all right? They major in the reward, all right? Well, what you want to do is major in the risk. And the problem with with why they want to major in the reward is because they don't know where the tra- trade is trying to go. If you know that with a predetermined uh, 
pretty high percentage, it's going to go to the ATR today or it's going to go to this FIB today. Right? If you know that, the reward is taken care of. Your job is just to cover the risk. And if you cover the risk with starting with one third of my lots, now, if I don't ever add, I'll never make any money. But if I add the other two thirds when it becomes and you always we call it a snowman. The first one is in the head and then the second one is in the body. So if we're going to put two thirds of our lots in, we want the two thirds being in the biggest area. And so you've got this area. Let's say it's 55 pips and there's 20, 20 up here and there's 30, 35 down here. All right. Well, if the, the first trade goes to the 55, it made 55 pips. But the second trade, which has got 35 pips, if they both go, that's two two lots. That's 35 plus 35. That's 70 pips plus the 55. Okay. See? Now, if it comes and hits that first one and you add your position, now you've got three lots on it, and then it comes back and stops out, then you lose the full 2%, right? Well, that's the whole reason to go. Now, your whole good job is to get to break even. Your whole job is to get to break even. And then let it breathe. It's going to breathe. What happens to traders is you can you can look at their trading journal. I move my stop too quick. I move my stop too quick. I move my stop too quick. I put a fifteen. Yeah, because the market's always going. It's always exactly. trying to grab orders right. up there. Well, what, what are they doing? They're not taking care of risk. They're only yeah. thinking about it as a reward. Oh, if this goes, I'm going to make a lot of money. All right. No. What if it doesn't go? I talk to traders all right. the time. And say, okay, where are you going to bail if it doesn't work? Well, I never thought about that. What do you mean? Bail if it doesn't go. You got to have a place that says no. This isn't going to happen. I click it out. Now the best thing is if that happens on your first position because it's only one third of your lots. So it goes up and let's say it stops you out for twenty pips. Well, twenty pips on one third of your lots is not much, right? If it's twenty pips on all th- all three lots, it would be a lot of money, right? I, l- I learned this one because in the first when I first started was I'm one of the grandfathers in forex. You know, and so I started trading in 2001. So it's 21 years right now. So, uh, you know, um, I learned it because in those days we didn't have micros or minis. You only had a standard account. And here I am trading. I don't know, squat about trading. Yeah, I went to a course for three days and I plunked down a bunch of money to some guy to teach me how to trade. But I had no experience whatsoever. And I'm risking, you know, thousands of dollars on a stupid trade, you know, when I won. And so what would happen is I'd get up five, eight, ten pips. I go, man, I could put 80 bucks in the bank right now. That's 80 bucks I didn't have when I started this morning. And so your habit becomes click it out, click it out. So what traders do is they go in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Well, that's because we're on a two hour cycle. Bankers are on a 24 hour cycle because they're going to pass the book. So the guy in London is going to pass the book to the New York guy. He's going to pass the book to the uh, Sydney guy. Sydney guy is going to pass it to the Asian guy. And then they're finally going to be back to the London guy. Right? So they're trading that whole thing. And at the bank, there's only one or two traders trading each currency. Right? We think there's thousands of traders trading. There's only one or two. There just happens to be a thousand banks. <laughs> and they have that. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, the minimum trade on the intermediate market is $1 million. And that's not leverage. That's actual $1 million. Yeah. So, so it's, it can be huge, right? When I was with FXDD, um, I was in the pits one day and I asked the guys, I said, how much money does it take to move the euro dollar? And they said, on average in the New York session, about $35 million to move it a, a half a pip, a half a pip. Yeah. So we know if it's moving 55 pips times 35 million times 55, or, right. well, it's, double it's, that times yeah. 110. 
Yeah. (laughs) So what you want to do is you want to figure out how to ride the coattails of the bankers. They're the ones who print candles. We don't print a candle. In fact, all our traders that we all know, if we all clicked at the exact same time, we wouldn't even put a wick on a a shadow and a wick, you know, because we don't have enough money. Although uh, statistically, there's four hundred billion dollars worth of retail money in the market. Well, because it's leveraged. And so that gives you a little more pull with the leveraged lots. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you are, when you add that second position, you said the trick was to get back to break even. Um, when you're already up like 30 pips and you add a second position, do you move your stop at all at that point? Yeah. You, in fact, the only time you move your stop is if the second position goes in. Other than that, you leave it alone. So when the, yeah. so, so you're, when you add that to the second position, your first position's on break even. Or, or no, it'd be actually be in profit, but you would okay. move it to break even because you entered here. Let's say we're going okay. down. We entered here and went down 35 pips. So it's got 35 pips of profit. I moved the break even. And if it pops back up on I me, mean, it's a break even trade. All right. Oh, but, so if you go out and lose, <laughs> you've got profit locked in those two lots. They come back and hit yours. You come out of break even because you have <laughs> your first position has profit locked in. Yeah, it's got profit locked. In. It's got profit. You, you're if you got to be in front of it to click it out and say this isn't working, right? Yeah. But typically, you know what happens to traders is it it goes up. It does an ABC corrective move because they run out of sellers or buyers, whichever way they're going. They have to go back up or back down. And once they do that, okay. And once they turn, right? How many times have we all made trades? Oh man, I clicked it out and I thought it was going against me, and then sure enough, it went right where I thought it was going. Well, you know that's because we don't know what we're doing. Right. We haven't figured out what the banks are doing. The banks are doing a premeditated move and their their job is to keep whatever is happening going. It costs them billions of dollars to build a trend or a channel or even a range. It costs them billions of dollars. And those tier one bankers need a return on investment. So the tier one bankers create that um, that structure, whatever it is, channel, trend, whatever it happens to be. All right. But they don't actually take it to target. They create a structure that the 1,000 banks recognize and go, oh, that's what we're doing. And so they come in and they're the ones who take it to target. And so what we want to do is find out where that target is and where are those that's called the follow through. Where is the follow through coming through? And when we see the follow through and a break of a barrier is uh, is follow through coming through. Because you have to have enough money to break a barrier. You might, you know, my friend Greg Michalowski, you know, he'll he'll tell you that they'll lean on those lines. They'll lean on those lines waiting to see if somebody will pop it over that line. And they're leaning on it. Somebody pops over the line. They're in immediately and going with it. Right. So I traveled with Greg for three years or roughly three years. And he was a bank trader for 12 years, four years in London. And yeah, he's been on your podcast before. So great guy. Just really. Yeah. His his he talked about support and resistance. It was really good. Um, so with the, uh, pressing your winners, this is my last question about this. I've really hammered it in cause I'm just <laughs> so curious about it. Um, what is the reason, why is it so important to always press your winners without exception? Because, well, first of all, if you, when you, when you trade with only one third of your lots, you still have 2%. So, you know, you can risk a hundred bucks. It's use that very easy to say a hundred, 2% of my account equals a hundred dollars. All right. So if I can risk a hundred bucks, I can risk it any place I want to. So I'll risk it on the first trade, which is where I stick my foot in the water. You know, it's like living in Minnesota and it's April and the, finally the ice is off the lake and you go down there. Do you just jump in? And uh, no, you walk down there and stick your foot in the water. All right. Well, the first trade is sticking your foot in the water. 
right? Because that's the most dangerous trade because you don't know if it's going to go or not. Once it decides to go, now you got a pretty good handle on what are they trying to do today. Now, I only have one third of my lots at risk. I have to, in order to make money, I have to get the other two thirds in. So I have to predetermine where that is. Once I predetermine where that is and that and that executes towards the target up or down, whichever way I'm going. So the two lots that I've got are actually not full, fully at risk because I have profit on trade one. So let's say I have 35 pips on trade one. Well, 35 pips of the risk of the other two, the second position coming through is covered by the profit on trade one. So what am I doing? I'm lowering my risk at all times. Right Now, the biggest thing then is to have a bailout position. If this doesn't go, where am I going to bail? Well, most traders don't even think about it, right? So I always tell traders in the room, I always tell them, you know, when you make a trade, you remember the reason you made that. And if it is ever invalidated, you reach over there and you go click. <laughs> and one of the hardest things to do for a trader is to reach over there and go click. click <laughs> oh, you'll come that's back, click. man. Dear yeah. God, please. I won't do it again. I promise. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's, that's human nature. That's human nature. So. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience, sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Wow. Okay. That's really, really uh, good. I appreciate that, um, that insight on the risk management. I'm going to definitely look at that more because I think that um, that, that can really improve performance uh, long-term and keep, you know, keeping your risk under control is really important. And so that seems like a great strategy for doing that. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about what you're looking for uh, in order to enter into a trade. Uh, what types of things has to happen in the market for you to take a trade in the first place? Well, the first thing you have to become is a structure freak, all right? Because you have to identify what the tier one banker's agenda is, all right? And if you think about it, um, that's what's happening every day. Because the tier one banker is not going to keep putting money in to get it to target. Because that's that's foolhardy for him. He just all he's doing is moving the market for himself. All right. So what he wants to do is put just enough money in to get it going and then let the other bankers take it to the target. All right. So the first thing is to understand the structure, channels, trends, ranges, whatever it happens to be. All right. And then then using the tools that you have in your in everybody's charts, you know, uh, Fibonacci's, Fibonacci extensions, those kind of things. We have some specialized tools that we developed, but just using a blank chart, you can figure it out because Bankers don't trade with indicators. They trade price action. 
And so we have to learn price action. The problem with price action is you can't learn price action in three weeks. And every trader I've ever met wants to, oh, I'm going to be trading, man. I'm going to be a millionaire in three weeks, man. And <laughs> of course, the reality sits in. Well, I took a demo demo account from 5000 bucks to 50000 I'm a trader, man. Watch this. And, you know, bam, they get whacked because they don't understand the movement in the charts is done by bankers. They're the only ones who can print a candle. No one else can print a candle, but institutional bankers. Right? So we look for look for their telltale signs. And there's quite a few of them. You know, they're pulling back up and they do a close and reverse. Well, you take them at their word. What's a close and reverse? Close the upside move and reverse it to the downside. Right? There's no reason to do that. All right. Well, you can't, I can't tell you how many traders will miss that. I should have taken it there. I should have taken it. There. Of course you did. You should have had a rule that says if I got a close in reverse and I thought about it ahead of time, if that breaks that upside candle by one pip, I'm in. And, uh, you know, close in reverses are fantastic. And we trade them all the time in, in our live room all the time. So there's there there is an agenda going on at all times. People who think the market is random. It's not random. It's not. They're going to do ABCs. They're going to do bear flags. They're going to do bull flags. They're going to do head and shoulders. They're going to do all that stuff that we all read about in our eBooks and watching a binge in a, in a video. They're going to do all that stuff. But how do we take that into our realm? All right. So we need to actually be trading off the 60 minute chart, which is where the bankers are. Where's the average retail trader trading? Five and a 15. All right. Bankers never seen a trade below a 60 minute chart. <laughs> I know what it looks like. All right. So we're we're dealing with information that's irrelevant to you the guys who actually print the fifty million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not trading on one minute charts with fifty mil. Yeah. So understanding that structure then allows you, and especially if you practice it, because you got to have confidence. You have to have confidence in trading. Scared money never wins. You have to have confidence. All right. And what most traders miss is that this is a statistical business. Trading is statistics in action. That's what it is. All right? So you know that if you if you practice bear flags or, or some, just use something simple like that, you practice bear flags and you actually keep track of it, you'll find out that 90% of them work. Well, if 90% of them work, I ought to take every single one. Every one I see I should take because right. I'm only going to lose on 10. <laughs> and 90 I'm going to win on. All right? yeah. But we don't think that way. Nah, this one might not do it. Oh, this one, yeah, this is going to go. And of course, the one I say, this is the one that's going to go is the one it doesn't. There's no way to know in advance that so you just take no. them all. No, that's why it's key to understanding what the bankers are trying to accomplish. What is their agenda? Right. Once we know what their agenda, okay, we're doing, we're see, HSBC can't call up Bank of America and say, hey, we're trying to take the euro dollar down to this number because that's called price fixing and you go to jail for it. I that. mean, they do it. Uh, there was a big <laughs> article that, you know, a bunch of those guys got in trouble for that not too long. Yeah, ago. I was actually a witness in the LIBOR scandal. Uh, so I was actually wow. to be a witness in that. So, but uh, yeah, that's what they do. All right. So, but they, uh, you know, those who are, go back to your word integrity, those yeah. who have integrity, all right, they're not calling those guys up and you've got a private chat room and all that kind of stuff. So how are they doing it? They're doing it because they figured out in the charts. So the key is to read the charts and read it, learning to read the charts is more than a three week deal. You can't get it in three weeks. So just get it out of your head and learn to trade. Well, what if it takes you six weeks longer than the longest person it took to learn? Who cares? Now I got a skill I can use from anywhere in the world as long as I got an internet connection. Wow, wow. Okay. Well, um, this has been really good and I want to thank you. Um, 
I did want to also ask you, uh, how can people get a hold of you and contact you and find out what you're doing? And are you doing anything um, uh, to help educate people right now? Yeah, our, our website is proactraders.com. And starting next week, we have a two-week open house. We only do it a couple times a year. We open up and we open up all of our training. You can watch videos and do that. You can sit in a room and watch traders. Our traders, we have typically 50, 60, 70 traders who are there with us every day. And you can sit there and literally watch them make hundreds and hundreds of pips, right? And you'll be, most people are blown away. In fact, most people tell us the two weeks they spent in the open house, they learn more in that two weeks than they have in the last two years. All right? Because our whole focus is on taking people to the next level, whatever that level is. If you're a brand new trader, you want to get out of beginning trading and get up into the intermediate. If you're an intermediate, you want to get up into the more advanced stuff. Uh, that's what we teach every single day. We are focused on training why the market works. But we'll take what we say is, you know, we're, we're not here to teach you to fish. We're here to give you a fish. We're not here to give you a fish. We're here to teach you to fish. OK, well, um, that, that process is what we do every day. But we'll take all the fish that jump in the boat. Right. So this morning we took that dollar yen on the uh, on the uh, announcement. Right. So the average trader made 96 pips on it. But that was on their one largest lot. They had three to four lots on. It. So most of the traders made two, three, maybe even 400 pips off that one trade. Right. It's not about trading every day. It's about trading that one right day. Right. You make money by waiting, not by trading. By waiting <laughs> for the right setup. That's for, exactly for, right. To figure out what the bankers are doing. Yeah, that's really good. So uh, so you, you're doing your your two week deal. I can imagine that uh, the amount of education that is available for free in there is going to be uh, pretty insane. So yeah, that's it's a really good thing. Um, so, um, we'll put a link for that in the description. Uh, your website is proactraders.com, but we'll put a link for that. If you're interested in trying it out, I recommend everybody listening, go click the link, try out, check out proactraders.com. And, um, I highly recommend it. I mean, the amount of education you can get for free would be totally worth it. Much better than you can get anywhere else. Um, Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciated uh, your insight. Okay. Good to see you as always, Casey. Yep. All right. And that's <laughs> it for this episode of the How to Trade It podcast. We'll uh, be back next week, but thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.